Uh, <laughs> uh, that's the way it works at my house. I do all the cooking and the cleaning and all of that. And uh, <laughs> that's really not true. I don't do any of that kind of stuff. Uh, but uh, the food was really, really good. And let me just commend you, church. This is the way God intended for a church to be. It's all equal at the cross. Every person is welcome in the house of God. And it's a, it's a wonderful thing to see a group of people uh, that can gather together that comes from all kinds of different backgrounds. And, and what we have in common is Jesus Christ. And we all love Him. And we're all glad that we can serve Him together. What, this is exactly the way God intended. And I'm so thankful uh, that God has blessed this church in this way. Uh, I uh, told the church, uh, preacher that I'd try to keep it short tonight. That doesn't always work for me. <laughs> I will try, though. <laughs> I want you to turn to your Bibles tonight, the book of Matthew, chapter 14. Stand with me, and uh, let's read the Scripture. You follow along as I read, and then we'll pray. And we'll get right into the, the sermon tonight. And uh, I believe if you'll uh, listen real carefully, you'll not have any trouble tomorrow determining what God wants you to do for missions. Now, let me just say this right off while you're standing up. God wants all of you to do something. I'm not leaving until you say amen. He wants all of you to do something. There's not a person in this room can't do something for missions. Now, some can do more and some can do little, but everybody can do something. And that's how it works. Just like God said everybody's welcome in the house of God and the gospel is for everybody, missions is for everybody. Everybody uh, ought to get involved. So in uh, Matthew chapter 14, beginning in verse 24, the Bible says, But the ship was now in the midst of the sea, tossed with waves, for the wind was contrary. And in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went unto them, walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It is a spirit. And they cried out for fear. But straightway Jesus spake unto them, saying, Be of good cheer, it is I, be not afraid. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it be thou, bid me come unto thee on the water. And he said, Come. And when Peter was come down out of the ship, uh, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw the winds boisterous, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried out, saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched forth his hand and caught him and said unto him, O thou of little faith, wherefore didst thou doubt? And when they were coming to the ship, the wind ceased. Then they that were in the ship came and worshipped him, saying, Of a truth, thou art the Son of God. Would you pray with me? Lord, we sure do love you tonight. And we're so excited about all that you've done uh, during this missions conference and the way you've spoken to our hearts. And, and Lord, the way the folks have just rallied around the preaching of the word. And, and Lord, for the great food and everything that you've done today. And now I pray that you'd just quiet our hearts for just a few moments tonight. And help us to uh, get from this passage of scripture that which you'd have us to know and understand and apply to ourselves. Lord, help us not be hearers only, but doers of the word of God. Lord, would you speak to our heart like you did Peter's. And we would know who it was that's speaking to us. And when we know who it is speaking to us, we can do whatever you ask us to do. I pray that you'd help us tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Now, the background of this story is very, very exciting. Uh, they had just fed the 5,000. 
What a, would you like to have been there? Now, they didn't have the variety that we had. They just had fish and bread. But everybody was very glad to get it. And Jesus Christ took the fishes and the loaves and he broke them and fed 5,000 men, not counting the women and children. Many estimate there could have been as many as 20,000 people there. uh, And they fed them all with just a few fish and a few loaves. What a miracle that was. Amen. And the Bible says after they got through with this, Jesus went up in a mountain to pray. And he sent the disciples in a boat uh, to go across the Sea of Galilee. Now, one of the things that was very exciting to me when I went to Israel is was the Sea of Galilee. You know, in all of my thinking in the Word of God, I'm thinking the Sea of Galilee. Well, could I tell you this, and I don't mean to be irreverent to the Holy Land, but Louisville Lake right outside of my town is bigger than the Sea of Galilee. It was very, very small. As a matter of fact, at its widest point, it's seven miles across, and its longest point, it's 11 miles long. And that's at its longest point. Uh, where they said the disciples went across and Jesus walked on the water was about four miles. You could see from one side to the other without any trouble at all. So they got in their boat and they headed to the other side. And you know, every time they got out on this water, a storm come up. Have you ever wondered why they kept getting out there? Okay, I'm the only one that thinks that way. I think to myself, you know, if every time I get out on that water, a storm comes up, I'm going to stop going out there. But the way this worked is there's a valley that runs between the mountains uh, and the wind would come down through this valley and cause these terrible storms to just come up just like this on the Sea of Galilee. As a matter of fact, while we were out there, one come up. Uh, fortunately, we wasn't in a little boat. We was in a big boat. Uh, but uh, there was one wind just came and this way started going crazy. And I'm thinking, wow, this must have been just exactly what was happening. So they're rowing and they're rowing and they're rowing trying to get to the other side and they can't get anywhere. And the wind's blowing and the water's coming in the boat. And they always come in the boat. You ever notice their boats always got full of water? I'm thinking, man, you better bring a bucket to bail it out. It's getting in the boat. And all of a sudden they look out on the sea and there's a ghost out there. And they think that's what they see. And when they see this, they think it's a spirit and Jesus was going to walk on by them, but they begin to cry out for fear and they begin to panic. And the Bible says they were having a terrible time seeing this spirit out on the ocean, uh, out on the sea of Galilee. And so finally Jesus stops and begins to talk to them. And he says uh, says to them, fear not, it is I. Can I just tell you how excited they must have been when they heard that? It's I, it's I, it's me, don't worry, it's just Jesus. Now can I tell you this tonight? When you're talking about taking faith promise missions, you're talking about giving, you're talking about going, you're talking about doing anything for God. Can I tell you, once you know who it is telling you, all fear ought to be gone. You don't have to worry about what God tells you to do if you know for sure it's God. Many times I have people ask me, say, preacher, how do you know it's uh, God wanting me to do that and not just me? That's how you're supposed to determine what you're doing. And so as they're sitting there uh, in the boat and they're rowing and they see this spirit uh, out on the sea. And Jesus said, he said, he spoke unto them saying, be of good cheer. It is I, be not afraid. And Peter got so excited. You know, the apostle Peter, he was a lot like me in this sense. He opened his mouth and put one foot in, took that foot out and put another foot in. He just always saying the wrong things. Have you ever noticed that about Peter? He was always the first one to talk and almost always talked the wrong thing. He just always just immediately spoke out uh, when uh, something happened. And this was no different. And he said, Lord, if it's you, let me get out of the boat and walk on the water. I'm thinking, what? What are you thinking? Why would he do that? Why would you get out of a perfectly good boat and walk on anything? 
And so Peter wants to get out of the boat and walk on the water. And so here's what Jesus said. Uh, he said, bid me come unto the, on the water, Peter said. And the Lord said, come on. Can you imagine? Are you visualizing this at all? I mean, Peter's in a boat. The waves are coming up and, and the boat's getting full. They see Jesus out there. And Jesus said, don't be afraid. It is I. And Peter said, if it's you, Lord, let me come to you on the, on the water. And he said, come. And so Peter just stepped out of the water, got out on the water. Any of you ever tried that? If you have, I can tell you what happened. You sank. You better know how to swim if you try that. And let me tell you why. Why does it work for you? Somebody said, well, Peter can do it. Why can't I do it? Let me tell you why you can't do it. And Peter could. Because Jesus told him to. And he hadn't told you to. Come on. Are you, you understand what I just said? If Jesus ever tells you to get out of the boat, just go right ahead and step on out there. You see, the key to this entire thing is that Peter knew who it was that was talking to him. He realized it was Jesus speaking. And when Jesus tells you to do something, can I just tell you, uh, hook up your pants, put your shoes on and do it. If you know who it is speaking to you. And notice what happened. When Peter got out of the boat, he began to look around him. You know, isn't that exactly what we do when we finally do something for God? How we get to looking around us and, you know, if I keep doing this, I'm going to go broke. I'm going to have this problem. I'm going to have that problem. And when Peter began to look at the circumstances around him, he began to sink just like you and I do. You know, when we try to figure out how to do this, I'm telling you, you always sink. If you go home after, after Sunday and God's laid an amount on your heart and you know you're supposed to give X number of dollars and so you get your paper out and you start figuring out if you can really do it at your sinking hello you're sinking you know how how i do my budget i throw all my money up in there and say god please help me <laughs> y'all will get that after a while i'm telling you right now all you've got to do in anything that you're going to do for god is just know who it is that's talking to you if god tells you to do it just simply do it that's all you've got to know. I'm telling you right now, if you know what God's will is and you know what God chose you to do, just get about doing it and let God take care of the rest. And he will. I promise you he will. So Peter gets out of the boat. He starts looking around him and he begins to sink. And you know, I've heard a lot of people say, well, Peter, Peter, you're sink. You're falling down. You're losing your faith. Why don't anybody ever say anything about the 11 chickens that stayed in the boat? He was the only one out there. There was 11 other guys saying, go, Peter, go, Peter. Can I just tell you that's the way a lot of churches are? One guy's doing it and everybody else is rooting for him. <laughs> or her. Are you all out there tonight? <laughs> Can I just tell you, Peter got out of the boat. And yes, he began to sink because he began to look around himself. But you know, immediately he knew exactly, he knew exactly what to do. You know what he did? He said, Lord, help me. Remember, he knew who got him out there. He knew who told him to go. He knew that God had said, get out on the water. And he began to sing. So he cried out for that same Lord to help him. And Jesus comes over and grabs him by the hand and picks him up and puts him back on top of the water. Now, who do you want to put you on top of the water? You and your ability or Jesus and his? That's not a really hard question, is it? <laughs> I, I'm going to take Jesus every time. And let me tell you why. There were some things happened in Peter's life that could never happen any other way. Peter heard the Lord Jesus Christ tell him, get out on the boat, walk on the water. And he heard him and he knew who he was. He recognized his voice. Jesus said, it is I. He gets out in obedience to what God says. He starts walking on the water. And because he got out of the boat. Now, I don't care that he began to sink. 
I've never done anything for God. I didn't sink a little bit. Come on, say amen. I'm telling you right now, I tell people all the time everywhere. I tell my daughter that's a missionary in Argentina. I tell her this about every month. You can't fail if you don't quit. Did you hear me? You fall down, you get up, dust yourself off, repent of your sin and do it again. You can't fail if you don't quit. Just don't quit. Just keep getting up. So what if Peter sank? He knew who to call on. He knew how to get back up on the water. And I'm telling you, because Peter did what God told him to do, there was three wonderful things happened. Just like they'll happen with you if you'll listen to what God says and you'll do what God says. Number one, Peter walked on the water. Peter got to do something nobody else has ever done before or since. Do you understand? God didn't let the children of Israel walk on the Red Sea. He parted it. Now, that was pretty cool, but wouldn't it have been even cooler if they walked on top? Are y'all, y'all even listening to me? I'm telling you, Peter got to walk on the water. If you'll do what God tells you to do, you'll get to do things that nobody else gets to do. Nobody ever ever dreamed of doing. Nobody ever has the opportunity to do this. Peter walked on the water because he got out of the boat. He didn't stay in there with 11 chickens. I always wondered to myself, I wonder what John and James and Andrew and Philip and all those other guys sitting there watching. I wonder if they ever thought, man, I wish I'd have done that. You really think? I think they did. I could just see John. You know, John... He's the one that Jesus loved the best. At least that's what he said. Come on. Is that not what he said? You read the book of John, he said, well, you know, I I was the one laying on his breast because he loved me best. (laughs) You know, John John had a, a brotherly, competitive spirit. You pick it up in the Bible. Peter and John ran to the tomb after Mary told them Jesus rose from the dead, right? Who won the race? How do you know that? Because John told you. <laughs> he said, we both ran to the, to the, to the tomb, and, but I beat him. <laughs> Sounds just like me and my brothers. <laughs> but I beat him. Why didn't John get out of the boat? Why didn't Andrew get out of the boat? He was Peter's brother. He could have waited and said, wait a minute, brother. I'm coming with you. He didn't do it. None of them got out of the boat. And so you know what? They all missed the opportunity to walk on the water. Now listen, Peter walked out of the boat and he walked, we don't know how far, but he's headed towards Jesus. And the reason he did this is because he wanted to get close to Jesus. He wanted to go where Jesus was. So he's walking on the water. He begins to sink. Jesus comes over where he is, takes him by the hand and lifts him up on the water. And how do you suppose they got back to the boat? Hand in hand, Jesus and Peter walks back to the boat. <laughs> would that be cool or what? Come on, would that be awesome to walk hand in hand with Jesus on the water? Knowing that he's not going to sink. And if he don't sink, I'm not sinking. That would be pretty good. You see, Peter got to do things that nobody else has ever done. I'm going to tell you this. Because one day in 1974... I said to God, yes, God, I'll preach. I'll follow you. I'll step out of that boat by faith, and I will do what you want me to do, even though I know I can't do it, even though I know there's no power in me to do it. And I'm telling you, because I've done that, God's let me do things I never dreamed of doing. I've got to go and preach the gospel in places I didn't even know there was places. I've got to have things and go and meet people and preach the word and do things that I never dreamed of doing because I heard a voice and I knew who it was, and I got out of the boat. 
And I'm telling you, it works the exact same thing with giving to missions. When God tells you to give money to missions and you'll get out of the boat, you'll get blessings that nobody else will get. Every time a missionary comes back and shows his slides and you've been getting uh, giving to missions, the Holy Spirit's going to wrap his arms around you and say, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. See what you did. And if you don't get that from this, you really don't understand this at all. I love it when our missionaries come back and show My son was a missionary in Argentina for 13 years. And he's now home. He's going to take a church about 50 miles north of me. So exciting. After 13 years, I got my son back. (laughs) This is awesome. We have a great relationship. But he came to our church. And he showed all that God had done with him for 13 years. And I'm telling you, our church put a lot of money in that ministry. And when he walked away from that church... Just a few, about a month or so ago, there's a building there that seats about 500. They're running about 150. They have a pastor that's an Argentine who has a house in the church. And the church is totally self-supporting and sending out missionaries somewhere else. And I'm sitting there watching this and saying, yes, yes, I did that. You get it? Paul said, I'm not asking for money. But I want you to participate and help me with the ministry so you can get the rewards. And if Jesus tells you to do it, wow, you get to walk on the water. Second thing that happened, notice this. This is so good. When they got back to the boat, you know, and they did get back to the boat, thank God. Amen. They got back to the boat. And look what the Bible says in verse 33. Then... They that were in the ship came and worshipped him. Now I want you to get this. Because Peter got out of the boat, other people worshipped God. Isn't that really what this is all about? So other people will worship our God. Isn't that really what it's all about? Isn't it what we want? We want everybody in the world to know Jesus like we know Jesus. Isn't that right? I mean, that's what I want. All I care about. Now, I'm not trying to make people Americans. I tell missionaries all the time. I get a chance to train missionaries. And I get to go to mission field. And I tell them all the time. You're not going to the foreign field to make Americans out of these people. They are what they are. And don't try to change them. Just win them to Jesus. And let them have. I tell you, we was in Korea. And, and there wasn't one American thing about their church service. But wow, what a service. I walked out of there going, <laughs> I know you're not supposed to act like that when you're a Baptist, but I do anyway. I'm going to tell you right now, sometimes we Baptists all get excited about something. Amen. I'm telling you, I've been in some Baptist churches so dead I could have a better time in a funeral home. God never intended for us to be that way. When he got back in the boat, they saw what God did. And because of what Peter did, they all worshiped God. What a great blessing it is. I'm telling you, when you give and missionaries go to Korea and missionaries go to Philippines and missionaries go to other parts of the world, people come to know Jesus in the same power of the gospel that you did. And they begin to worship God just like you do. And it's the same God. How awesome is that? My daughter and son-in-law started a brand new church just a short time ago. I don't remember what week it was, but one week this lady came and she just looked in the window. She didn't have any idea. She'd never been to church in her life, to that kind of church. And she just looked in the window. The next week, 
She was late, but she came in. And my son-in-law, I trained him well. He was almost through with his sermon. So you know what he did? He started over when she came in. <laughs> wasn't nobody there but his wife. Why not? Just start over. She wasn't listening anyway. <laughs> Just kidding. So he started over. The next week she came on time. And last week she came and walked down the aisle and got saved. I was so excited. The first convert in that new church. It was so exciting. They had two other men came. And they didn't know. They'd never been to a church like that before. Let me tell you what's going to happen. They're going to hear the gospel. And the gospel is going to penetrate their heart. And they're going to get saved too. Isn't that what we do this for? I'm going to tell you, I invest my children, I invest my daughter, my son-in-law, my three grandchildren in this. Something better happen. Amen. Amen. It's a great investment. And because Peter did what he did, they worshiped God. Isn't that really what we're trying to do? Is get other people to worship God? I'm not trying to make Americans out of My goodness, we need to get them away as far away from Americans as we can in most cases. But I'm telling you this. We do want them to meet Jesus, don't we? And when they meet Jesus, they'll love Him just like you do. And they'll, it'll change their life. In my son's church, uh, the first time after we organized his church, I think it was, my wife and I went to Argentina. And this little man, about this tall, his name was Oscar, came up to me. And, and I told him I couldn't speak Spanish, but it didn't stop him. He talked to me anyway. And uh, he just hugging me and crying and telling me something. Finally, my son got free from talking to other people. I come over and said, son, tell me what this man's telling me. I, I mean, I know it's got to be important. Nobody puts that much emotion in something that's not important. And he's hanging on my neck. And he said, tell your dad, thank you for sending his son. Tell me about Jesus. You know, I, I decided at that point it didn't matter what I had to invest. It was worth it. And I began to talk to this man and he began to tell me his testimony. Only my son could tell me what he was saying because I didn't have a clue. And my son didn't have it very well either because he was really hard to understand. But uh, he said, I was known as the meanest man in town. He said, nobody loved me. Nobody cared whether I lived or died. He was probably about 70, over 70 at the time. He said, but one day your son came and knocked on my door. And he tried to tell me about Jesus, but I just cussed him out and told him to leave. He said, but he came back. I started to say, it's because he didn't know what you said. <laughs> but I didn't tell him that part. See, when I'm in Spanish, there's two things I know. If they're cussing at me or using medical terms, I don't have a clue what they said. <laughs> Either one of those. So I always think they're talking medicine to me. And he said, your son came back. And he said, he came back. And he came back. On the fourth time, he said, I got to go down and see what that guy's doing that would make him come to my house four times. He got saved the first Sunday he was there. Amen. Is it, isn't that what we're trying to do? Yes, sir. Isn't that exactly what we're trying to do? When I was a missionary in Argentina, we, we ran buses. Everybody rode the bus and, and we rented them. At that time, we could rent a a public school, a public uh, transportation bus on Sunday. They didn't run them all, and they'd let us rent them. And they'd give us a bus, 
and a driver, and he would come and pick up our workers. We'd go out and run our bus routes. He'd come back, and they'd stay and take them all back for $20. So we had buses running everywhere. <laughs> One day, this bus driver came up, and he had to pick up the workers, and he brought them back, and I always stood out there and greeted people because that's pretty much all the Spanish I knew how to do. I was a Walmart greeter, and uh, <laughs> I was greeting them, and he just sat on the bus. And I said, wouldn't you like to come in? And he said, oh, I can come in? I said, well, yeah. I said, as a matter of fact, if you come in, you can sit with me. Oh, I can sit with you. And so I brought him in, set him on the first. You know, when I sit in church, I always go down front. I didn't know you were supposed to sit in the back. I'm just kidding. <laughs> so I went down front with him, sat down on the front row, and the missionary got up to preach. And he looked at me, and he said, I never heard that before. He said that about four times. And then a whole bunch of other stuff. I didn't have a clue what he said. He could have been threatening to kill us. I don't have a clue. But he said that what I understood about three or four times. And then when the preacher gave the invitation, he looked at me, and I said, in my real good Spanish, go forward. That's all I knew how to say. <laughs> he said, can I? I said, yes. And I went with, and he got saved. Folks, isn't that what we're trying to do? Just let other people worship God. But you know what? It takes money to do that. And that's why God's going to lay something on your heart. And if you know it's God, just get out of the boat, walk on the water, and other people will worship God. Notice the third thing that happened. Uh, this, is, this is fun for me. I really enjoy this. Look at, look at verse uh, 32. Verse 32 says, And when they came into the ship, listen to that, the wind ceased. The big problem they had went away. Can I tell you why Christians have so many problems in their life that never get solved? They don't obey God. They just don't get out of the boat when God tells them to. They just sit there like those ever 11 chickens and they never do anything. Now, folks, I don't know what God's going to lay on your heart. I believe he'll lay something if you listen. But you know, no matter what God tells you to do, if he calls you to preach, if he calls you to go to mission field, if he calls you to be a Sunday school teacher, if he calls you to do whatever he calls you to do, all you got to know is that it's him. And if you know it's him, what else do you need? Am I right or not? I'm telling you, that's all you need to know is who it is that's talking to you. You're not listening because the preacher's saying it. You're not going to do it because Brother Webster from Texas said so. Do it because Jesus said so. If you hear the voice of the Lord Jesus Christ saying, get out of the boat, get out of the boat. If you hear his voice telling you to give to missions, do you need more? Well, I don't know how I'm going to do it. Peter didn't know how to do it either, by the way. He had never done this before. Has God ever called you to do something you've never done before? Hey, yeah, I know. If you're saved, you did. He called you to come and repent of your sin, and you did it. I don't think you've ever been sorry. Have you? <laughs> I know you haven't. All you got to know is who it is talking to you, and then just obey. And if you obey, others will worship God. And if you will obey, all the troubles... I'm not saying he's going to fix all your problems. I'm just saying they won't be troubles anymore. Are you with me?
I've had a lot of I've had a lot of hard times in my life. Some awful, awful things. About be three years ago in February, that right? January, last part of January. I was preaching a missions conference in Red Oak, Texas. I don't expect you to know where that is. I had to look it up on the map myself. And uh, I was preaching on Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Sunday. And uh, Wednesday night I went down to preach, and I was close enough to home so I was driving home so I could work in the daytime and at my church. I got home Wednesday night after I preached, and around 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning we got a phone call from Argentina. My daughter called. And let me tell you, when you get a phone call at 3 o'clock in the morning, it's never good. And my daughter said to me on the phone, she said, Dad, Morgan, which was my four-and-a-half-year-old granddaughter, is very, very sick. You and Mom pray for her. We've called an ambulance, and we're taking her to the hospital. So my wife and I got out of the bed, and we began to pray. About an hour and a half or so, I don't know how long it was. You know, when you're in this kind of thing, you don't know how long something is. I got another phone call, and she said, Daddy, Morgan died. And I can't tell you, I can't even talk about it now. I can't tell you what that did to my heart. Now, we've got a granddaughter that's died on the mission field. And I said, honey, what are you going to do? She said, Daddy, I don't want to bury my little girl here. I want to bring her home. I said, well, God will make that happen. So I'm not going to bore you with all the details. And God made it happen. He provided every penny it took, and it was a huge amount of money. Huge. I could not believe how much money it was. When the whole thing was settled, it was almost $40,000 by the time we got everything done, getting her out of the country with all the fees and all the junk. And so my daughter asked me, said, Daddy, would you do the funeral? Now, I don't know whether you've ever been in a place like that before. I hope not. But I said, yes, that's the least I could do for my baby. And my daughter is very musical. And so she wrote a song about Morgan. And she wanted one of the ladies in our church to sing it at a funeral. I'm sitting up there on the platform. And it's just about my turn to get up and speak. And this lady got up and sang that song. And all I could think was, God, if you don't do something soon, I'm going to die. I'm just going to die. I can't get up and do anything. about. I'm going to die. I haven't been able to listen to that song since, even to this day. But when she got through, I got up to preach my granddaughter's funeral. I got out of the boat because I knew God wanted me to. And when I stepped in that pulpit, I opened the Bible and I preached just like I'm preaching to you and did not shed one tear until I closed my Bible and sat back down. And then I wept like a baby. I'm telling you, folks, the reason so many times people go through all these trials and tribulations and they never seem to get stronger in them because they're not doing what God told them to do. Just get out of the boat. If you know God's telling you, if God's the one speaking, do you need more information? You don't need anything else. Just know who it is that's speaking. And know that if you'll get out of the boat, you'll get to do things that nobody else gets to do. You'll see other people worship God. 
and your problems, although they may not be solved, won't be problems like other people have because we have a great God. I want you to bow your heads with me tonight. I am very confident tonight that what God wants each one of us to do is listen real carefully and know that it's the voice of the Lord and know it, who it is that's speaking to us. And once we know who it is and what He's saying, then all you have to do is just get out of the boat. Believe if God said it, if God told me to do it, He's going to enable me to do it, regardless of what it is, even to walking on the water, even to preaching your granddaughter's funeral, even to doing many other things that I could have used as illustrations tonight, Lord. I want you to know tonight, folks, if you know God's telling you to do something, don't turn it off. Don't stay in the boat. Don't ignore it. Just simply step out of the boat, do what God tells you to do, and watch God work. Lord, we love you tonight. Thank you so much for the privilege that we've had to be in this church with these wonderful, wonderful people. What a joy it has been. I pray, Heavenly Father, that tonight you'd speak to our hearts. Lord, that we might know that it's you. And we might know what you're telling us to do. And we might understand. And God, by faith, that we'd just get out of the boat. Lord, would you help us tonight? Would you speak to our hearts? Would you help folks understand how important this faith promise is? How important it is to get others to worship God like we do. That they might know God. They're not going to know God unless we sin, unless we give, unless we go. Help us, Lord, just to hear from heaven. In Jesus' name, amen. Would you stand with me? And we're going to just have a time of invitation. We're going to let the piano play. And if you need to come, you come right now.